Welcome back to Second and Short. It is Monday, January 29th, 2024. The AFC and NFC Championship game have concluded, and Super Bowl 58 is set. At least for everybody else, because we don't know what happened in the second game yet, but we'll give you the update when it does happen. And we are now two weeks away from a Super Bowl champion being crowned. Uh, Only two head coaching spots open now in the NFL offseason. Mike Vrabel, Bill Belichick still on the board uh, in the MLB. There is tons of free agents that still have no home. And um, the start of spring training is only a couple of weeks away. Um, You've got guys out there like Cody Bellinger, Matt Chapman, Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery, and so many more just out there to be taken. And then in college football, plenty of things have happened, of course. Michigan had to replace Jim Harbaugh with their obvious heir to the throne, Sharon Moore. And uh, former LSU wide receiver Kayshawn Butte was uh, betting a lot on college football while underage on his own team and also on himself. Uh, so there is a lot to talk about. First, let's talk about why Colin's wearing a Florida State hat. Uh, no, no, no. Bad hair day. That's what we're doing. Bad hair. <laughs> also, new addition to the desk. USA mug. Got some some honey jasmine tea in here. Yeah, nice, nice, nice. All right, guys. Well, like we've kind of gone through in the intro, we've got the conference championship games, of course, to talk about. We'll talk some NFL head coaching news because a bunch of spots got filled this week. And then um, MLB offseason news, college football news, and we'll end it out with stake your claim. Make a hot take to start the week off. All right, Colin, let's talk about it. The game just concluded. Chiefs versus Ravens. The Chiefs win it 17-10. to 10. Ooh, it's tough. Yeah. Tough look. Well, I mean, things got spicy pregame. You know, Mahomes and Kelsey over there just tossing Justin Tucker's kicking equipment. Yeah. Thought that was kind of wild. Definitely. Uh, but they backed it up. Listen, Justin Tucker, they just made him a non-factor. You know, they never even allowed him to get in field goal range. Um, I think he only had one field goal. And... And then we can talk about Zay Flowers, of course. Yeah, he had that nice 30-yard touchdown catch, but dropping that ball before the end zone? Come on, man. Yeah, absolutely brutal showing by them. And honestly, this is just another narrative confirmed. Mm -hmm. Lamar Jackson cannot win the big game. Yeah. It was was genuinely brutal. Like, he didn't have his worst game. Passing-wise, probably one of his better games, especially this postseason. But he really couldn't get it going on the ground. And... I was very surprised. The Ravens could not get yards. Their their longest run, a 21-yarder by Lamar Jackson. The next longest, 15 yards by Gus Edwards. We saw no Dalvin Cook. We saw Justice Hill three times, and he carried it for three yards in the game. And when you look at how the Bills ran all over this Chiefs team, who was more injured this week, I was super surprised that the Ravens couldn't break anything off. Yeah, I mean, uh, Pacheco looked good. Uh to implement that Chiefs running game. But the Ravens, like you said, they just couldn't connect. You know, if it wasn't Zay Flowers, it wasn't anybody. Yeah. That's that's about the way I looked at it. There's a lot of drops. Uh, They couldn't get Gus. Mark Andrews, first game back, two catches. Uh, I thought they would have tried to uh, get him in the game more. Yeah, I I was definitely surprised by that. And, of course, you know, for the Ravens, I think it was just a matter of getting the ball out. The Chiefs were – putting a lot of pressure on Lamar. Yeah. He had a couple of plays. Like, that That Zay Flowers touchdown, the broken tackle was insane. Great blocking by Gus Edwards. Um, but, yeah, that pressure was coming. Lamar got sacked four times in this game. Mm. 
So you, uh, yeah, you Colin, right. Colin goes, uh, to me right when the game started, he goes over under on sacks two. And I was like, easily the over. Um, Lamar did it himself. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Lamar and Patrick Mahomes, two great at extending the, extending the plays. Yeah. You know, I just, like we saw last week with the Josh Allen and uh, Patrick Mahomes, I thought there weren't going to be really any sacks. Yeah, and I will say the Ravens did a good job on the defensive side. You know, only giving up 17 points to the Chiefs is still a very good showing. Mm-hmm. And you had great contributions from the defense. Javon Clowney getting in there, getting a sack. Uh, Michael Pierce had a half a sack that he split with all-pro Justin Matubike. And um, I believe Kyle Hamilton had a uh, tackle for loss, uh, a pretty big one uh, in a big spot. But it just seemed like they couldn't cover anything underneath. And I was surprised to see that considering Patrick Queen has been such a good linebacker this year. He's been really good in coverage. But, like, if you look at Mahomes' line, he had, like, 30 completions. Yeah, 30 completions for 241 yards. That's kind of out of the ordinary for Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, a lot of of short check downs and everything like that. Uh, really, it was just Travis Kelsey. That's about it. 11 receptions, 116 yards, and a touchdown. Yeah. And he had, he was perfect. 11 receptions on 11 targets. And that one catch, uh, I think it was late in the first quarter, or diving over the middle of the field just to catch that ball was insane. Yeah, it was insane. And Rasheed Rice actually had a pretty good game as well. The yardage wasn't great, only 46 yards, but nine targets, eight receptions is fantastic. Yeah. He was extending plays as well. Um, you had a big 32-yard catch by Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Um, but, yeah, like a, a ton of stuff happening in this game, of course. Uh, you know, Zay hurts his hand. Um, after, like, getting <laughs> mad about fumbling on the goal line. Like, obviously, emotions get involved, and his season's over, so his injury doesn't really matter. Yeah. But this is just uh, another story in the, uh, the Chiefs dynasty, if you will. Uh, I will say. Isaiah Pacheco, so good. Yeah. If if you had any doubts on how good Isaiah Pacheco was, these playoffs should totally get that out of your mind. He was 20, 24 carries, 68 yards isn't an efficient day at all, but he got the rushing touchdown. He had a couple of good uh, receptions. I know mainly one uh, pretty good reception, and he's been a big part of this team winning games both last year and this year, and now they find themselves in their second consecutive Super Bowl. Yeah, and going back to Zay Flowers, that was just a rookie mistake. You know, the moment was just a little bit too big for him. Yeah. And and that's my opinion. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's about it for Chiefs-Ravens. Um, now we're going to flip it to future us after the game uh, for the Lions 49ers coverage. All right. The game is concluded. Thank you to our past selves for introducing us back into the game. The 49ers get the win 34-31, and the Lions certainly put up a fight, but we have to talk about the first half first. The Lions go up 24-3 to going into the half, and it seemed like the 49ers were dead. Colin said himself right before the half, if the Lions score, this game is over. Mm. How are you feeling about that take now? I was wrong. Correct. <laughs> Well, personally, I thought the Lions, you know, would have done something like a little bit more in the second half. Yeah, you'd hope so. Third quarter, they were just non-existent. Yeah, yeah, and like that was a horrible first half by the 49ers. It was the most yards ever given up by the 49ers under Kyle Shanahan. I think it was somewhere around like 120, or no, 180? Rushing yards. 180, oh, 120 rushing yards? Yeah. Holy shit. 
Um, but you get into the second half. Well, I guess let's talk about the first half a little more. Um, you had the ridiculous touchdown run by Jamison Williams to open it up. Multiple broken tackles on this end around went kind of up the middle. It was absolutely absurd. Yeah, it was insane, man. And then um, you also had uh, CMC getting his touchdown, which uh, I'm sorry, it was 24-7 at the half, not 24-3. But CMC got that touchdown in the first half after a fantastic reception. He broke like two more tackles, got him all the way down to like the five. They move up. He gets like a two-yard rushing touchdown, um, gets their only touchdown of the first half. But um, they come out in the second half, and the Lions lost a 17-point lead in eight minutes. The Lions were quiet. Yeah. They were real quiet. Yeah, and the drops were an issue. So many drops in the second half by the Lions. Yeah, and, you know, I checked in with a Lions fan, and let's just say he doesn't want Craig Reynolds on the team after tomorrow. <laughs> that was the brutal tip to create interception. It was just absolutely wild. Yeah, and, like, as you kind of keep going into the game, you had a super ballsy call by Dan Campbell. Mm. Uh, to go for it on fourth and three on the Niners 30 with seven minutes and 30 seconds to go. Uh, I believe that was to tie the game or was it, were they already down 10? They were, they were down. I think it was, I think it was, seven. I think it was to tie the game. Maybe it, I I know they were down for sure. Yeah. I, I believe it was to tie the game. Um, You could have kicked the 48 yard field goal. They decide not to. I, I don't know how I feel about the call. Those three points came back to bite him. Yeah, it certainly did. Um, and then, you know, right up to the end, they're fighting. 49ers score a touchdown after a fantastic drive getting up the field. They end up finishing it off with Elijah Mitchell, and they get that touchdown. They go down. They played some solid defense, but they were allowing tons of passes underneath, hitting Sam Laporta on some big, big conversions for first downs. Mm-hmm. And then the Lions find themselves getting up the field, uh, a huge uh, out-of-bounds step on, like, the two or, like, the one-and-a-half-yard line uh, by the backup tight end. And he could have gotten the touchdown if he didn't step out. He steps out. It puts him on, like, the one-and-a-half, one-yard line. They go to try and throw the ball. They end up throwing it out. And then in the most predictable play call ever, they just – try and set up the same way and then run the ball with Dave Montgomery. It gets eaten up. They lose like another yard. And then time's a time. <laughs> yeah. They time. lose like 25, 30 seconds. Yeah. They finally call a timeout with like a minute left on the clock and a beautiful pass by Jared Goff to Jamison Williams and a beautiful catch by Jamison Williams gets them the touchdown. So they just need the field goal. They go to kick the onside and it doesn't quite get far enough as Craig Reynolds reaches out to get to the ball, tips it forward, uh, 49ers recover it, and that's a ball game. What a ridiculous game to yeah, watch. Yeah, insane. This is definitely the better game of the two. So oh, yeah. It was ridiculous. But honestly, like you said, it just came down to the drops in that second half from Detroit and just yeah. not being able to move the ball. The turnovers from Jameer Gibbs, you know, the pick. It just they just kept making mistakes to give uh, San Fran every opportunity to score. Yeah, I, I got to give props to the 49ers. Uh, coming out in that second half, they fought both offense and defense. The adjustments they made were absolutely absurd. Like they entirely shut down the run game. Uh, you know they weren't letting any deep balls get through. 
tons of drops. They have the the tipped pass that results in an interception. Um, like that was a phenomenal second half by the 49ers and it really couldn't have gone any better for them. Um, but yeah, like the lions, I, I can't say like they totally choked, uh, at least offensively, they were a little slow, but the defense was so bad. Yeah. And let's just think about Detroit lions there that last, last quarter. What happens if that flea flicker is caught? Yeah. And they have yeah. so much time. Yeah, it was it was absolutely ridiculous all the way down to the end. Let's go through the box score real quick. The winning side first, Brock Purdy, 20 for 31, 267, a touchdown, an interception, and he got sacked twice. And that was on two plays in a row, uh, like, what, uh, just into the third quarter, uh, like I believe, or just into the fourth maybe. And then uh, McCaffrey, a great game. 20 carries, 90 yards, two touchdowns. You had the rushing touchdown by Elijah Mitchell. But also Brock Purdy made some huge plays on the ground, trying to, you know, getting out there, extending the play. He had four carries for 51 yards, you know, long of 21. That was amazing by Brock Purdy and what he did in this game. Yeah, you know, Brock Purdy's not known for extending plays with his legs, but no. he definitely he proved everyone wrong. Too. Yeah, and like he had a great play where he broke a tackle, spun out, hits use check on the sideline. Use check makes a beautiful catch to get a first down on I believe like third and eight, uh maybe like second and ten. And then um you look at the receiving game, everybody was getting the love. Debo Samuel, nine targets, eight receptions, eighty nine yards uh, Brandon Ayuk, three receptions, 68 yards. He didn't have the best game, though. Eight no. targets for Ayuk and only three receptions, but his receptions were big ones. He got the touchdown, and then uh, McCaffrey had a couple of good receptions. He was four for 42. Uh, you know, Juszczyk had his two receptions. Kittle had two receptions. This was just a fantastic second half by this 49ers offense that I was extremely surprised to see. I knew that they could get back into this game, I didn't. I wasn't entirely confident they could win, but I knew it'd be close down to the end, and it certainly was. But that 49ers offense came out different in the second half. Yeah, absolutely. But overall, just a great game. Yeah. So now uh, let's take a look at Detroit. Um, in the receiving game, they were fantastic. Sam Laporta, 13 uh, targets, nine receptions, 97 yards. I think probably half of those yards came on like the last drive when they moved down and got that touchdown. And then Amon Ross St. Brown, uh, 11 targets, seven receptions, 87 yards. Once again, drops. The fact that Sam Laporta had more targets than <laughs> yeah. Amon Ra is wild. Yeah. And then Jamison Williams obviously made huge plays. Obviously, in the running game, he had his 42-yard touchdown. Uh, but he had two receptions for 25 yards and that touchdown there at the end. Um, and then Josh Reynolds had a reception for 25. Dave Montgomery had two receptions for 20. Um, in the running game for them, though, 15 carries, 93 yards, um, and a touchdown, and then Jameer Gibbs, 12 carries, 45 yards, and a touchdown. And then, of course, like we said, Jameson Williams with his 42-yard rushing touchdown. Uh, can you scroll up and see Goff's stats real quick? Um, yeah, he ended up with 25-41, 273 with a touchdown. No picks. He got sacked twice. I think this is probably the ideal stat line for Goff. 41 attempts is crazy. Yeah, like, but like he shouldn't. Like, we've seen games where he throws the ball too much, he makes a lot of mistakes. Yeah. This game, he didn't make a lot of mistakes. His receivers made a lot of drops. Yeah, no, it's... Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, it was a, a brutal one. Uh, can you scroll down so we can see who got the sacks in the game? Um, yeah, so you had half no, a sack from... Um, 
yeah, you, uh, for the Lions, you had half a sack from Milifonwu and um, Tyson Alalu, and then uh, you had a sack for Aleem McNeil, and then um, Nick Bosa getting both of the sacks uh, on Jared Goff, and both of them pretty pretty big ones too, uh, in, in big spots. So, yeah, the 49ers are headed to the Super Bowl to face the Kansas City Chiefs. Give me oh, the Niners, man. Give me the Niners. Yeah, like the Niners' offense is yeah. just so good. Yeah, and, and like they have enough defense to to beat the Chiefs. It's just, damn, like that's crazy. But you know, we'll we'll see what happens. Um, you know, we've seen this matchup before. Uh, back in uh, when was that? Right, twenty twenty. Yeah, 2020. Yeah, 2020. 49ers are opening up as favorites. That's big. Already. That three, is big. Three point favorites. Yeah, I, I see it. You just you, you can't you can't you can't make the Chiefs. Yeah, that's the problem. You can't make Patrick Mahomes an underdog. Yeah, that's that's the problem. If you do that, the Chiefs will win by 20. Yeah, like it's scary. Yeah, uh, what they? I think they've been underdogs in all but the Dolphins game. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. Uh over under right now is set at forty seven and a half. Um and that, that total makes sense. This year, like Patrick Mahomes shows that he can win outside of Arrowhead in the yeah. playoffs. Yeah. Like, he hasn't had to do that like ever. Yeah, it, it's gonna be a big one in Vegas, six thirty PM on February eleventh. Um yeah. Wow. What what a game. What both of the games. Yeah. Just amazing today. And, um, yeah, we're looking forward to the biggest game, um, honestly, the biggest show on TV for an entire year in America. So it's going to be a big one, uh, and we're going to wrap it up here and send it back to ourselves just a couple of hours ago. Thank you to the uh, past versions of our, or I guess the future versions of ourselves. Um, let's go ahead and get into some NFL head coaching news. The first one, me and Luke kind of talked about, uh, on Friday's episode, but the Chargers hired Jim Harbaugh to be their next head coach. How are we feeling just off the bat? Yeah, I mean, I've been saying Harbaugh, like the Chargers were just the perfect fit for him. Yeah, I think I called this one, I'm trying to think, it, it was a while ago. It was like <laughs> right right when he announced he was going to the NFL. Well, no, I, I, I called it middle of the college football season, yeah. I think, because um, I had heard a couple of things about him. You know, speaking very highly of Justin Herbert, I thought it was a good fit anyways. I knew for a fact that Brandon Staley was gone, so it was like a no-brainer there. But, yeah, it, it still seems like the no-brainer. I know he took a couple of other interviews with some other teams, <laughs> namely the Falcons, uh, but the Chargers made the most sense. He spent time in San Diego um, throughout his career and now going to Los Angeles to join the Chargers. I, I think it's the right move. And then uh, he also brought in uh, his defensive coordinator, Jesse Minter, from Michigan to be the defensive coordinator for the Chargers. So I think that's also just another great move for him. Yeah, I mean, defensive coordinator from Michigan, like you said, he knows how to you know create a solid defense with key players. Yeah. That's exactly what the Chargers need because they have all the talent in the world on defense, but they just couldn't get anything to click. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. Um, what is that? Oh, he's going to have to change his Twitter handle. <laughs> That's tough. No more Coach Jim for UM. Oh, okay. Now I get it. I was really confused. I was like, is that like supposed to be like a joke? 
I get it now. Um, nonetheless, let's get into what we actually care about. The Falcons hire Rams defensive coordinator and former Falcons interim head coach Raheem Morris to be their next head coach. And this broke in the middle of me and Luke recording on Thursday, and I didn't really have a reaction yet. We were just kind of trying to roll through, so I didn't get to talk about it much. I see this move as not just a good – I think it's a good hire. I'll start with that. I think it's a good hire, super qualified guy, been with a ton of teams. He spent time in the organization, done a great job with our organization, and then did a great job as the D.C. for the Rams. But I think it's a cop-out by Arthur Blank. And what I mean by that is they interviewed every candidate and guys that probably shouldn't have been candidates they interviewed. And a lot of them are probably better candidates, and it's kind of a gamble, maybe. Yeah. He just wanted to play it safe. Yeah, he played it safe, 100%. This is a guy that the fans are going to like because he's already spent time with the organization. Players love him. Players love him for sure, but he's not the best guy. No. I mean, and, and he could be, for sure. He could be. There's a lot of upside, but he wasn't the best candidate. So now, three years from now, if it doesn't work out and we win seven games every year with this team and with these amazing players we have, mm-hmm. it's a failure, but we're going to be like, well, at least we gave him a shot. He deserved it. He was loyal to our organization. I think that's bullshit. It's not how it works. Yeah, it's it's, it's just it's not how business. it works. Yeah, I, I, th- I think it's ridiculous. I'm not saying I don't like the hire. I just think there were better options. Yeah, and I mean, Raheem Morris, his... His track re- his track record was not the best. No, with Atlanta when he was no. uh, was an interim after Dan. Yeah, Quinn but got like split. like he was the head coach of the Buccaneers um at one point and wasn't great with them either. Mm-hmm. It's it's just like one of those things you just can't wrap your head around. But hopefully, like we said, the players love him, fans love him. Hopefully, you know they can ball out for him. That's all we're praying yeah. for. Yeah, look, I hope so. And I do also like that the Falcons are kind of copying what the Texans have done. I don't know if anybody's seen the stuff about this, but the Texans got D'Amico Ryans, great defensive coordinator, playing under a young and one of the best head coaches in the game. He goes, he gets his own team. He brings in the passing game coordinator from the 49ers. At the time, Bobby Slowick, who spent six years under Kyle Shanahan, he also prior worked for PFF, grading quarterbacks for them. Well, now the Falcons hire Raheem Morris from this young head coach that's super successful in Sean McVay, and he brings on the Rams' passing game coordinator who also used to grade quarterbacks for PFF to be the offensive coordinator. So if we want to be the Texans, I'm fine by that. We're heading in the right direction. But who is C.J. Stroud in this draft? Jaden Daniels? <laughs> it's gotta I be, sure I, hope so. <laughs> he, he, he's the closest one I could think, right? It's definitely Maybe. not Drake May. No. 100% not. Uh, and, like, we're, we're not going to trade up no. and get a Drake May or Caleb Williams. And you might even have to trade up for Jaden Daniels. But a guy like Penix could work. Um. You know, there's a lot of guys. I still think defensive line is the way to go in the first yeah. round. And uh, you can go ahead and get yourself a quarterback in the second round um, as long as his name's not J.J. McCarthy. Oh, dude. If, no, 
No. <laughs> I, th- I think Drake May is going to be the next Sam Darnold. Yeah. That's whenever I think of Drake May, I think of Sam Darnold. See, I think Caleb Williams would be the bust of the two. Nah, I think it's definitely Drake May. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, nonetheless, let's get into the next head coaching move. The Carolina Panthers found their guy. Maybe not a guy that was on a lot of radars, but <laughs> I, I think he'll do a good job for what the Panthers need, which is a guy that can be easily controlled by their owner and he can do exactly what he wants them to do rather than what should win football games yeah. as a head coach and you know start building upon his um, you know head coaching career. Instead, he's just going to be you know a cog in the machine for David Tepper. They'll probably win, I don't know, five games next year, max. It's a little high. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking like three or four. Three or four. So an improvement nonetheless. But, um, yeah, they got the Bucks OC Dave Canales as their head coach, who was with, you know, he's a big part of Baker Mayfield's transformation this year. And yep. last year he was with the Seahawks helping Geno Smith. So he kind of is known to – make big changes for quarterbacks um, that have spent time in the league and maybe haven't been as successful as some wanted them to be at one point. I think if he starts out early with Bryce Young, he can avoid the uh, the many years being out of favor as a starting quarterback and just get this guy in a good place. Yeah. My issue with it is that I don't think Dave Canales is ready to be a head coach. Yeah, no, not at all. Because, I mean, yes, we saw upside as him – for him as OC for the Bucks, you know this offense for the Bucks since you know Tom Brady era has yeah. looked really. This is the best they've looked. Yeah, for since. sure. So, um, yeah, I think I'm the same boat. They're just he's just not ready. Yeah, like he, you know, he has experience for sure. Um, he was at USC, went to the Seahawks, was with the Seahawks forever, um, and then got this OC job with the Bucks last year. Now he's going to be the head coach of the Panthers. I just think that's a really fast turnaround. Yeah. But I don't hey, know. We'll Panthers, have to see. You know, yeah, I don't trust. Like, I didn't think they were going to go out and get, like, Mike Vrabel. <laughs> Still don't know how we lost to him this past season. I Yeah, don't ask. Um, but our next hire is the Tennessee Titans hiring Bengals OC Brian Callahan. We literally talked about Brian Callahan last week Mm -hmm. in this exact same spot, and we both said we didn't really think he was all that ready to be a head coach. No. And I'm kind of still in the same boat. (laughs) Like, yes, he has been the OC for Joe Burrow throughout this entire process, and they've done a great job. Yeah, but it's Joe Burrow. Yeah, like Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, they kind of do the work for themselves. Yeah. But, like, he didn't win anything. He, he went to a Super Bowl, and I know he, he was with the Broncos when they won Super Bowl 50, but he wasn't in as big of a position um, you know, when that occurred. But as an OC, he hasn't really done all that much, and I, I just don't think he's all that you know, ready to go. He's a young head coach. Yeah, 39, very young. Um, but the main thing, like we just said, he's going from Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase to Will Levis and DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. Like, yeah. Is he the man to do that? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe there could be an argument made that Will Levis and Joe Burrow are more alike than we thought. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, let's go ahead and get the comparison. What what's the like the measurables on Will Levis? 
229. He's got a he's got a cannon. I think Joe Burrow had a better year and he missed half the season. Well, yeah, but, but Will Levis didn't play the whole season. Uh, yeah, but he played more than Joe. I think oh, they size up exactly the same. Six four two fifteen. Wow. That's pretty damn similar. Damn. Is Will Levis the next Joe Burrow? Both had uh, both had four picks. I need an answer. Is he the next Joe Burrow? No. Okay, cool. I didn't think so. No. <laughs> if you think that, man, I want to know what you're smoking, bro. Come on. Yeah, no, that would be ridiculous. But yeah, like I, I think, you know, you're not going to change my mind at the moment on Brian Callahan not being ready. And like, think about how bad that team is right now in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, they have a good draft pick, but. I don't think they're going to go out and get somebody that's like a real game changer. Yeah, and do you think we saw Derrick Henry's last year? Definitely. He's got to be gone. Yeah, like. Especially with the way that the organization's heading, I wouldn't want to hang around any longer. I want to go out and get a Super Bowl. And the way Tajay Spears was playing, I mean, he's ready to be RB1. Yeah, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. Um, So that's all of the hirings. Now that only leaves two jobs open, the Seahawks and the Commanders, are the only ones with any jobs open. And uh, there's a lot of guys out there. A lot of guys that deserve a job. Honestly, I could see at least, I could say at least four of these guys should have been head coaches in 2020 or, you know, in this coming season. You have Bill Belichick and Mike Vrabel still out there. Mm. You have the Lions offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson. You have Cowboys defensive coordinator, Dan Quinn. You have Texans OC, Bobby Slowick. Panthers, D.C., Ajiro Evero, and the Dolphins offensive coordinator, Frank Smith, amongst many others. Mike McDonald of the Ravens defense. Um, you know, Todd Munkin's been floating around as the, uh, you know, the Ravens offensive coordinator. So many guys around the league, and there's only two jobs left. Yeah. Yo, hear me out. Dan Quinn to the Seahawks. I, I think that one's for sure. Yeah. Personally. He's got to be the guy. He was literally the DC for the Legion of Boom. How can you not respect him? Yeah. All right, glad we're in the same boat. Yeah, and I think Ben Johnson's the guy for the Commanders, which leaves Mike Vrabel and Bill Belichick <laughs> without jobs. <laughs> that and is that, is, that is an absurd thing to say because Mike Vrabel is honestly like nowhere close to being done with his career. Just there wasn't enough jobs open. Yeah, that's insane. But yeah, uh, yeah, we want to hire Raheem Morris. Yeah, I will say there is a, a chance. Uh, I saw a report; it could be entirely false that Bill Belichick would, you know, if he doesn't get a job this year, he'll head to TV and join up with Tom Brady, Gronk, Julian Edelman at Fox. Mm. Cool. So New England Patriots is taking over. Yeah, the, is yeah, it's the Fox. New England Patriots Football Network. Uh, I can see it. <laughs> I can see it. 100%. Yeah. That would be Insane. absurd. I wouldn't watch it. Yeah, you would. <laughs> <laughs> Only for Julian Edelman, though. No, I'd be watching for Bill. Bill's good. Like, I like listening to Bill Belichick talk about football. Okay. He's a, he's an entertaining guy behind the uh, the stone face and the cutoff sweatshirt. Iconic yeah. cutoff sweatshirt. It is. It is an iconic cutoff sweatshirt. Um, anything else you want to talk about with the NFL head coaching moves? Not really. I, I am very excited to see what Harbaugh has in store for the Chargers. Yeah. I, I'm interested to see who's going to be his OC. Um, Kellen Moore uh, just went to the Eagles to be their OC, which ugh. <laughs> I don't know about that one. Um, they go out and get Frank Smith. 
That would be interesting. Um, I think that'd be a tough one to pull. It would, but if anybody can do it right now, it's yeah. probably Harbaugh. And honestly, if Ben Johnson goes to the Commanders, Eric Bieniemy might want a new job. There you go. That could be a good choice. Um, all right, I think that's going to wrap it up for the NFL head coaching moves. Let's go ahead and move over to baseball. The MLB offseason rages on. Spring training just around the corner, I believe. Um, the first pitchers and catchers reporting date is February 9th. Oh, so excited. Yeah, I believe that's the Dodgers date. It's February 9th. <laughs> They don't, they don't got to play this season. Yeah, they but don't. we will get to see Yoshinobu Yamamoto throw a bullpen. Yeah. That's going to be cool. Insane. You trying to go watch it live? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I'll i give him some live ABs. Yeah? Yeah, I promise you. I'm, I'm, I might touch two balls. <laughs> you don't know what? <laughs> I might touch what? three balls. There you go. There you go. Uh, <laughs> you got me. Um, all right. Well, our first move of the off season, Jock Peterson. Beautiful. Well, not of the off season. Yeah. Of today's of today. news, uh, Jock Peterson signs a one year deal with the D backs. Beautiful. I love it. I've been saying all off season that the Diamondbacks need to go out and get a DH. This is a guy that not only can play DH, can play pretty solid outfield. Yeah. He gives you a super good power lefty bat. And, um, yeah, I love it. He wasn't really on my radar to go to the Diamondbacks. The guys that we had mainly discussed were J.D. Martinez and Jorge Soler. But Jock Peterson's still amazing. Yeah, I mean, two-time All-Star, two-time World Series champs. Um, but now looking back at it, the D-backs really need more left-handed bats. Yeah, definitely. So this works out perfectly for him. Yeah, him and Corbin Carroll, uh, you know, up near the top of the uh, – the lineup, yeah. Who else sounds amazing? Who else is left-handed in that? In uh, that I think uh, Cattell Marte is a switch hitter. Yeah, switch. Any more lefties? I don't know. Guess we'll never know. <laughs> Man, I think this works out perfectly for him. Yeah, stays right. West Coast. Yep. You know, he doesn't like to be cold. Yeah. The coldest he wants to be is in Atlanta. Yeah. So, do we think at some point he's going to play for the Padres and the Rockies as well? No. <laughs> no. Giants, Dodgers, D-backs. That's enough for the analyst. All right. Whatever. Thought it would be funny. No. <laughs> Dude, imagine he completed the NL West. Is he doing a conquest and then will be the show? He might be. <laughs> He's doing the the USA map. Oh, Lord. That was horrible. <laughs> yeah. If anybody out there has played the USA map conquest in MLB the show, it is. Shout out to you for completing it. Yeah, it's the worst. I've done, I did it one year. Yeah. That was it. <laughs> uh, but let's get into the next move. Araldis Chapman signs a one-year deal with the Pirates. Absolute, like, if we're talking how far the needle's moving, it went backwards. Yep. I think his career is officially dead. Yeah. Now that he's in Pittsburgh. Yeah. And, like, I'm not hating on Pittsburgh. I'm hating on I'm, Yeah, I'm hating on a this chap. <laughs> <laughs> like, you a put, three ERA you and only six saves. Him last and O'Neill Cruz on the same team, bro. Bad things are going to happen. <laughs> what bad things? Somebody's going to get hurt. Damn. But yeah, so yeah, roll the Chapman at Pittsburgh is not. They fun. hurt people. Okay, the two incidents, very different ways of hurting people. I know. O'Neill Cruz committed. I, I'm gonna just allegedly. <laughs> I'll throw that part at the beginning. Allegedly, killed a couple people that were on a motorcycle while he was driving a jeep. Allegedly. 
<laughs> Araldus Chapman. I don't know the verdict, so allegedly hit his wife. Two very different ways of hurting somebody, both bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll go ahead and say that. Exactly I, my I point. disavow their actions for sure. Wow, that made it way worse. <laughs> oh my God. Araldus Chapman was accused of choking his girlfriend. He then smashed a window of a car in the home's garage, grabbed a handgun, and fired eight rounds inside the garage. Okay, so yeah, Araldus Chapman, confirmed. Bad guy. <laughs> I knew he put his hands on a woman. That was bad enough. Didn't think it was like that. Yeah. Yeah, the, the motorcycle didn't even have any lights on, allegedly. <laughs> All right, let's get off of this. Allegedly. Um, <laughs> allegedly, I. Sh- yeah, I remember that being a problem. There was three people on the motorcycle, and the lights weren't on on the motorcycle. Also, he was allegedly under the influence of alcohol driving that Jeep. So, um, ah, we'll get him next time, folks. Um, all right, next, uh, Reese Hoskins signed a two-year deal with the Brewers. I believe there's an opt-out after this season available in that contract. I like this move. I just thought Reese was going to go somewhere where he was going to get more quality at bats. Yeah. Uh, but I think he's just looking to be an everyday starter. Yeah. I think that's what this move is. I mean, uh, a couple weeks ago, you basically said Reese Hoskins to uh, Milwaukee was a perfect fit. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't think it's his. It's not the best place for him to go if he wants to win. Yeah. But it, like you said, if he wants to be an everyday player and a chance to you know be the best on that team, yeah, it fits. They needed a corner corner infielder position yeah um and then you're the big bat i yeah I, I think it fits perfectly but i think i think the cubs would have been a better landing spot but i think they're they're looking a little they're aiming their sights a little higher yeah mc than, with the initials probably okay is that what you're thinking maybe no. maybe cb why not both they, they could the, go they and get mc cb blank checks <laughs> I would give a blank check to Matt Chapman. Even though I think last week I said on the podcast, or no, it was with Luke, uh, I said that um, Matt Chapman's going to have a bad year. Mm. So maybe don't give him a blank check. Go to the the Phillies then. Yeah. Uh, Just give him no money and put a conditional clause that says if he wins the Platinum Glove again, then he can get his paycheck. (laughs) It would make him play better. Hey, there you go. <laughs> yeah, wait, is that the only third baseman on the roster for the Brewers? Holy shit. Maybe they need Matt Chapman. <laughs> Dude, that roster looks horrible. No way that's the only one. Oh, my God. Yeah, Bro, it's the those, only one. Go to the depth chart. See who the backups are. <laughs> those infielders look horrible. Your top three are William Adamez, Reese, and Bryce Terang. Oh, I guess Bryce Terang could play third. Uh, wait, they what got Brian the? Anderson, didn't they? I guess. Yeah. Well, I think this is last year's because I think a couple of these guys have left. I don't know. Don't care. Uh, next move, though. Hector Neris signed a one-year deal with the Cubs. Beautiful. I think it's a good move. Got to go out get closing pitching. Yeah. <clears throat> and I guess he doesn't have to be the closer. He probably will be. Who... Who is their closer? It's a great question. Fantastic. Uh, Cubs closer, please. Probably look like goofballs if we don't know this. Adbert Alzali? 
Was there closer? Oh, wait, that dude threw smoke. Yeah. It's a weird website. Yeah, that's a better one. CBS Sports. Then again, we looked at their depth chart last week, and they had yeah uh, Christopher Morel everywhere. Adbert, I was Al's a lie. Yeah, Al's a lie. Yeah, they needed Hector. Yeah, they needed Hector Neris. Um, oh, look, you got Shane Green in the bullpen. Oh God, that's the sign of a poverty franchise right there. Luke Little is kind of a fire name, though. Yeah, reminds me of uh, that darts guy. Isn't his name Luke Littler? Yeah, that guy's a baller. He's like 19. 17 years old, and he's dominating darts. I still think Cubs need more bullpen pitchers. Yeah. Show calling a clip of Luke Littler. (laughs) This guy's a baller. Triple 20s all day from Luke Littler. Always. Yep, here it is. He hit the nine darter. Stop, you're lying. Darts is hard. Is oh, no, darts is so hype. Yeah. Have no. you seen videos, like, from the crowd? Yes. Dude, look how still his head is. Brother. He's a he's a dog. He's an absolute dog. Oh. Is this Nathan? <laughs> Choke artist. Trash. Those two triple ones? Goofball. Oh. Oh. Bro. I swear oh. he he could split his own dart. <laughs> He's insane. He is absurd. Yeah, how much Mountain Dew does that dude consume? Oh. Oh wow. I I know for a fact they do have Mountain Dew in the UK, so a lot because they they get the liter bottles, <laughs> those tall ass ones. Oh, oh my goodness, God. bro, that's insane. That is all right. Enough, enough, Luke Littler. <laughs> enough. <laughs> Wait, what? What? Is this a thing? Luke the Nuke. Nah, nothing. Okay. Another kebab. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, let's get into a couple of MLB rumors. Um, Our next thing, the Angels are showing interest in Joey Votto. What? What an Angels move. That's a Ron Washington. Go out. If I've ever seen one. Go out, pick up a 40-year-old first baseman. That's a Ron move if I've yeah. ever seen one. And you know what? Ron could probably make him do something. Right? He might <laughs> hit 40 bombs next year. Bro, he barely had 40 hits last year. Dude, that is insane. <laughs> I, I, I don't had hate to, it, though. I don't hate it because he's just like, he's a legend. Yeah. But especially if they're trying to rebuild right now. Yeah. I just feel like, you know, there's some World Series teams he could go to and just never get at bats for and get a ring. What about Jared uh, Walsh? Isn't wasn't that who their first baseman was? Oh, he's washed. Really? Oh yeah. Really fell off a cliff. Yikes. <laughs> Alright, then yeah, Joey Votto might be able to help him get back on track. Maybe. Maybe. We'll have to see. Uh our next move though, uh the Orioles are interested in Michael Lorenzen. As a starter or as a bullpen guy? I would assume as a starter since that's more what they need. I don't hate it. Yeah, I don't either. I don't think it's a amazing move. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think – because they could probably get Lorenzen. Uh, is Lorenzen free agent? I think so. Yeah, they can get him without giving up any prospects. Yeah, he was with the Phillies last year, yeah. right? Yeah, they would no-no. Oh, that's right. Holy shit. Um, 
yeah, like I, I don't think it's like a crazy good starting pitching move. And I, I have to say, I think that the Orioles may be screwing themselves over by not going after really good starting pitching. Yeah, I agree. So okay, touchdown was just scored. Obviously, we already talked about this game, uh, but Jameson Williams scored the first touchdown of the game on a forty-two yard. Wait, 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 hold on. Forty-two yard okay. run. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I was so confused. All right, back to baseball. Yeah, cool. Shot. Um, I think the Orioles are holding themselves back by not going after starting pitching. Yeah, because they have they have the prospects, they have the hitters. And most of their good prospects are hitters, uh, you know, outside of Grayson Rodriguez. I just don't think they have the rotation to be that competitive, like to win a World Series. They don't have the rotation. Yeah, their mindset right now is going to get little pieces by little pieces to try to yeah. sneak their way. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I think they're missing out. And, and obviously, you know, we've talked about the idea of them trading for Dylan Cease, which we both said is a fantastic idea. Mm-hmm. I just... I don't know. It's um, I, I think they're holding themselves back, and I know obviously they have time. This this team's super young. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of their best guys are under contract. I just I don't like the rotation all that much. Yeah, it's definitely a work in progress. Yeah, like right now they're five. You know, I guess they're six. No, yeah, that's no, four. that is five. They that's just, people just don't know how to make an Excel spreadsheet. That's uh, Kyle Bradish. Grayson Rodriguez, John Means, Dean Kramer, and Cole Irvin. Who the hell's Cole Irvin? <laughs> he's okay. He's not great. Um, I can tell you that. If they get Michael Lorenzen, he'd certainly replace him. Yeah. Um, Heck, see, yeah. never had a sub four three ERA. See how uh, <laughs> see how cheap you can get Lorenzen, and you know maybe still try to trade for Cease. Yeah, you don't like that's still in the works. Yeah, because then you could bump Dean Kramer out of the yeah. uh, starting rotation. Like John Means as the fifth in the rotation is awesome. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know, man. I definitely think they don't want to give up. Um, they definitely don't want Blake Snell because he's asking for way too much. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think they're definitely trying to save money at the moment. And I think the way they're so hesitant on. Uh, Bill and Cease is because they don't want to give up all those prospects. Yeah, and, they're, and I don't they're blame in them. that like their prospects are so good they don't want to give them up, but yet you have so many that play the same position. Yeah. You gotta you gotta get rid of some. Yeah. You gotta cut. Yeah, I know, because like Gunnar Henderson essentially has to become a third baseman for sure. Like he has to fully play third base because Jackson Holiday is gonna be the shortstop exactly. halfway through the year next year. Maybe not even halfway. Yeah. Um all right, next thing, the Royals are looking to acquire a closer via trade. Mm. Emmanuel so, Classe? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, that, it's got to be. Gotta be. <laughs> and, and I was telling Colin this, um, I really like what the Royals have put together. Yeah, it's insane. They had a phenomenal offseason in, like, the first week. Yeah. Yeah, like, it, it was amazing. They picked up Renfro. They picked up Michael Walker. Kyle Wright. Uh, yeah, Kyle Wright. Uh, so many guys that they have gotten uh, on this team. Seth Lugo is on that team now. Um, Did they get Adam Frazier? Yeah, in the they picked season? up Adam Frazier like last week. That, we didn't <laughs> talk about that. Yeah, actually, I think it came up a couple days ago, and I forgot to put it on the prep sheet. That's an insane pickup. Yeah, it's a great pickup at second base. Um, yeah, like that. Damn. Like, how is Nick Prado sitting on this team? Yeah, that's. It's crazy. Oh, yeah, they picked up Will Smith. Yeah. 
to be in the bullpen. This is a really good team. This Man. is a team they're going to win the AL Central. Yeah, 100%. Because I think the Twins kind of got worse. Um, Detroit definitely got better. Cleveland definitely getting worse. Uh, but Kansas City, very good. Yeah, Wait, wanna... they picked up Nick Anderson? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Nick Anderson, I'm trying to see if they got really anyone else pitching-wise. No, I don't really see yeah, anybody we new. We kind of said everybody else. Um, yeah, we knew we knew Kyle Wright got picked up. That's if they can get like twenty, like honestly, fourteen win, fourteen wins out of Kyle Wright. Yeah, and you can Phenomenal, get plenty of wins yeah. out of Seth Lugo. Bunch of the guys on that team. Brady Singer can be good. Yeah, and Cole Reagans had one hell of a month uh, last year. I think it was in July. Yeah, he lit it up. So. There's definitely some promise with that Royals team, and I, th- I think they're definitely on the uh, upswing after being yeah, the, what, second-worst team this year. White Sox, trash. Oh, yeah, White Sox are finishing last. Cleveland, they're going to be horrible this next yeah. year. Especially if they get rid of Classe. It's definitely. game over. It's just J-Ram versus the world. Yeah. Um, Detroit, decent, but not there yet. Agreed. And then it's just Minnesota that they'll be competing with. Yeah, and that one just comes down to, like, can these players on this team actually play well? Yeah. Because, like, they didn't have to play all that well last year, and they still won the division. And they played well in the playoffs. But, like, we'll get a full season out of Royce Lewis. Can we get a full season out of Byron Buxton? And can Correa keep it up? Yeah. There's a lot to, a lot of question marks around Minnesota. But I think I think for sure the Royals are top two in that division. Yeah, uh, I believe it. All right. And then um, last move, our uh, rumor, Bellinger returning to the Cubs becoming increasingly likely. Yeah, I mean, if, they, if nothing's happened right now, it's – yeah, almost positive he's going back. Yeah, definitely. Like, I, I don't see why he wouldn't. It seems like the Cubs are in a spending mood and they haven't gotten the opportunity to spend it yet. Yeah, you can't leave Talkman as your center fielder. No, no, you can. No, Mike Talkman sucks. Yeah, that is. Yeah, then again, I, you could put Christopher Morrell there or Pete Crow Armstrong. I didn't even think about him. I, I I don't think he's ready yet for the big show. Really? Yeah, I don't know. He's just got a natural hit tool. Yeah, he he does, but I think I, he needs to learn. I think if you get Cody Bellinger back and just let him adapt the Cody Bellinger yeah, vibe, you're chilling. Because that hit tool with Cody Bellinger's power, yeah, that would be insane. Yeah, Nathan, can you pull up the new uh, MLB Pipeline Top 100 Prospects? Uh, dude, I saw this. Yeah, I forgot to put it on the prep sheet. I wanted to talk a little bit about it. Didn't the Astros not have a single prospect in the Top 100? Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. But, um, of course, Jackson Holiday number one. Jackson Churio, uh, number two. Makes sense. Paul Skeens, big jump. Yeah, that's... Number that's... one overall pick last year. Number three overall prospect, and he's only in double A. That's insane. Yeah, that's... It, do they... He, he's like, ahead of Evan scroll Carter. back up? Does it say that they expect him to be... Yeah, his ETA, 2024. That's crazy. Yeah, he's ahead of Evan Carter, who was literally balling out yeah. for the Rangers last year. Yeah. Helped them win a World Series. Well, like, he's he's around a bunch of guys that literally got MLB experience last year. Junior Caminero came up last year. Um, Jordan Lawler, down at number 11, came up and played a little bit for the Diamondbacks. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Damn, Max Clark at 13? 13? He's in singer. Wow. He oh, my God. Well, Walker Jenkins is number 10. Max Max Clark didn't play a single game of yeah. college baseball. Yeah. Like, that Wal- is... Walker Jenkins is still 18. <laughs> and he's number 10. 
that is wasn't I think Walker Walker Jenkins wasn't he from uh he's from Georgia. Might be. I think he played down south. You can just click on his name and it should pop something up on the side. Am I wrong? Fort Myers Mighty Muscles. <laughs> what a ridiculous fucking name. <laughs> that is weird. I want to say he played down south. I could be totally wrong. South, south Brunswick, Brunswick High, yeah. High School, yeah. That is insane. The fact yeah. that he is number 10 is wild. Yeah. Um, it keeps scrolling down. Colton Cowser, 19. Not bad. And Wilby Marte, only at 21, is kind of crazy. Once again, MLB experience. Jackson Job in advanced A is twenty fifth. Yeah, but he's insane. I will say he is very good for sure. Andrew Painter in double A. Heston, Heston Kerstad at thirty two is crazy. He literally played games last year yeah. for the Orioles. Bro, same with Harry Ford and Cole Young. Like this is yeah. Harry Ford Jason is Amiga very is good. Forty one. <laughs> <laughs> Mason went forty three. Yo, show me where, where the fuck's Marco Luciano. Thirty nine, <laughs> fucking bum. He is no. He has not stopped dropping. Yeah, dude, that is. Bro, Tamar, what a guy. He's insane. Yeah, Michael Bush making the move. Dylan Lesko, shout out. Never struck me out. Yeah, yeah. He was well. He's been with the the Dodgers his whole career and just got traded to the Cubs. He'll probably start at the beginning of the year. Who? Um, uh, Michael Bush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, this is insane. Yeah, if you haven't realized, we haven't seen a lot of Braves. Yeah, we got... Oh, yeah. There, oh there's AJ our Smith. first one. A.J. smith Shaver, who's behind Ronald Acuna's little brother. Luis Angel Acuna is very good. Yeah. Uh, Too bad he went somewhere where his career is going to die. Yeah, that's true. But remember, they don't want to win until 2026. Justin Crawford. Oh, there he is, Drew Jones. <laughs> Still in single A. Bum. Yeah. Ugliest swing I've ever seen in my life. Spencer Jones, he's a tall motherfucker. 6'6", six, six, yeah. Fits for the Yankees, then. <laughs> Imagine him in the outfield yeah, no, with Aaron Judge. Dude, but 6'6", six, six on paper, like, when you see him in person, is absolutely insane. He does not, he looks yeah. taller than 6'6". Six, six. I will say I'm excited for Hurston Waldrop. Yeah. For the Braves. His stuff looks nasty. Yeah. It's Bubba Chandler. And our what final, the final guy on there. Daniel Espino, who has been in the minors for like six years. <laughs> Jeez. Dude, what a name. Bubba Chandler. Yeah. That's that is a name. fantastic name for sure. Let's go ahead. Let's get the best name. Sedan Rafaela is a very good name as well. Mm-hmm. Kevin Alcantara. <laughs> Jace Jung. <laughs> There's no way his name is Kevin. Chase Dolander, yeah. he was nasty at Tennessee. So was the guy right behind him. Yeah, Drew Gilbert. But we can look at number forty-eight, Brady House. That is a good name. Yeah. Yep. Dude, it's disgusting. Jet Williams, Winder Barrow alum. Dude, Jet Williams is literally a, like a fictional baseball character. <laughs> I like Kyle Teal. Like Jet Williams played center field in the Sandlot. <laughs> <laughs> Robbie Snelling. Yeah, Rhett Louder. I'm not even going to try to Jacob Mizorowski. Cool. I would assume. Kobe Mayo. Yeah, that's not bad. Andrew Painter is good because he's a pitcher. Yeah. Colt Keith. 
Yep, that's that's a baseball player. Brooks Lee. Detroit, Detroit Brooks Tigers. Lee probably played on like the the Black Sox in nineteen ten. <laughs> uh let's see, did they James Woods pretty yeah. fire? Yep. Yeah, I think we're out. Evan Carter is just a quintessential name. Yeah. Just a normal ass name. Cool. Um Yeah, we're not looking <laughs> international prospects. Shout out Jose Perdomo. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, then let's go ahead and uh, let's move on to uh, some college football news. Big, big things happening. Of course, Jim Harbaugh left. So who else to take that job than Sharon Moore as the head coach? Um, that now makes it three head coaches from this year's college football playoff that have changed teams or left. Beautiful. <laughs> hey, but like you, get, you don't have to worry about Harbaugh. You don't have to worry about... Kalen DeBoer. <laughs> yeah, but uh, who's who's the head coach over in uh, Athens that I have to worry about every freaking oh, year? Yeah. Um, it's, it's like it's like Keith, Keith yeah, Kevin. Yeah, Keith Dumb uh, or no, something? Fuck, it's Kirby Smart. Oh. Fuck that dude. Yeah. Forgot about him. You also forgot about Steve Sarkeesian, Mike Norvell, no, I, I could care Lane Kiffin. You probably need to worry about Lane Kiffin this year. Probably. <laughs> what they've done in the transfer portal is yeah. insane. I would also be scared of Josh Heupel. Why? Because he has Nico. Cool. Nico is cooking, you guys. All your corners left. <laughs> <laughs> Nathan, I'm so glad you're pulling up sad Alabama fans. <laughs> Yo, stop. Like, why? Can we get a picture of an Alabama fan after the kick six? Is that... <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's yeah, it's that one. <laughs> Perfect. That guy right in the middle. Oh, with the red hair. Yeah. What you? Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why are we doing this? Stop. Auburn's gonna win the football game. <laughs> Still forty. Thirty-five. Thirty. Yeah, what a legendary radio call! You have to admit it's that a great it's a legendary call. moment. Um, it's not if you're an Alabama. Yeah, fan. the guys on TV sucked though. Yeah. I will say that. Um, all right, enough <laughs> enough shaming, Colin. Um, Michigan's also going to have to replace their DC uh, Jesse Minter, like we talked about. He left to follow Harbaugh to the Chargers. So Sharon Moore goes up to head coach. They got to replace the OC and the DC. I can only imagine they'll go in house. Gotta be. Yeah, like, obviously there's probably some guy that's coaching at fucking... UTSA. Wisconsin Whitewater right now (laughs) that's going to be their D.C. next year. That He could be. Wisconsin Whitewater is a D3 powerhouse. (laughs) Let me tell you. The Warhawks. Yeah. And um, there's also, uh, as well as uh, Wisconsin Au Pair, I believe. They have one of the biggest football facilities in the country in their D3. So I guess if you want to, you know, play football, like yeah, there you go. Level go D three. I guarantee you, Ryan Cortez will be on the Michigan coaching staff next year. Not Tim Shields. Could be one of the two. Probably Brian Cortez, considering he's also the defensive line coach. Probably. Um. Yeah. Enough. Enough fucking around. Let's talk about the fun one. Yeah. (laughs) Former LSU wide receiver Keishawn Butte was arrested 
and is facing illegal online gambling charges. So at the moment, he's a wide receiver for the Patriots. Probably not for long. Not um, they've got a bad track record, don't they? <laughs> they just get the worst guys. Bro, did he bet on LSU to beat yeah. Florida State? Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. I've got it all in the notes here. So the arrest warrant was issued for felony charge of computer fraud and a misdemeanor count of gambling prohibited for persons under 21. He's also alleged to have used an alias to circumvent the legal age for requirements for gambling and placed over 8,900 wagers over a 13-month period from April 2022 to May 2023. And you wonder why we're laughing about that, or actually, if you are wondering why we're laughing about that, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Um, <laughs> and so, including... Uh, you know, within those wagers, he bet on at least six LSU games. Uh, he was alleged to have placed a total of 17 wagers on NCAA football games, including one of those games being LSU versus Florida State to open up the 2022-2023 season, where he bet on himself. And in this game, he was <laughs> he placed one bet that he would personally score at least one touchdown and another that he would have over 82 and a half yards. Now, I don't know how many people were, you know, heavily paying attention to that game. He had one of the worst games I've ever seen from a number one wide receiver, especially at LSU. He had 20 yards in the game on two catches, and he didn't score a touchdown. It, it, like, he literally, I think he dropped eight passes. <laughs> they were bad been ones. Horrible gambler. Yeah. Like, why? Like, no, it, I, we've got the numbers, <laughs> but we'll get to them. So, Let's talk about the aliases first. <laughs> They're brutal. First, he used the username Keishon Butte Seven. That's that's how he got around it. He was really hiding himself as an underage user on a gambling site as a college football player. His name was Keishon Butte Seven, and the other alias Keishon Butte O One. That uh, was funded using his mom's card. What a dummy. Yeah. Like, try harder, yeah. please. Uh, yeah, he also had a second account under the name Kayla Fortenberry. It's a little better. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. Uh, but according to the affidavit, Keishon Butte wagered $450,000 or over $450,000 via 1520 bets in 2022 and from that he won 385,597. So, he was only down 70k. <laughs> As a college athlete, that's What is that? Is that his Oh, that's how many bets per day? He was placing over 4 bets per day. Good god. Bro's Nathan, can you um can you divide the $450,969.44? Divide that by 1,520? Uh, $450,969.44. And then divide that by 1,520. All right. We know Keishon Butte's unit size was $300. Um <laughs> That's uh, that's crazy. And then, um, so yeah, he lost about sixty five thousand bucks 
Uh, and then in 2023, he allegedly wagered only a measly 186000 uh, and won 170000 uh, So he lost about 16000 That's so bad. That's like horrible. It's not that he was that bad at gambling, uh, but the amount, bro. that's insane. Like, okay, let's put together how much he wagered both years. Uh, it's about uh, just over $600,000. Um, he makes a million dollars a year with the Patriots now. It would have it took a year to recoup the wagers if he hadn't won anything, of course. Um, yeah, thirty <laughs> percent of the money he's earned as an NFL player was how much he's he wagered while underage at LSU. That is so bad. That's insane. Um, so yeah, if you're out there and you're a college athlete. First don't, of all, you name. know you should. No, you just shouldn't <laughs> gamble. Don't just not use your name. <laughs> Sorry, different round. I thought, we were, I thought we were thinking the same. That's my bad. Even if you just work for the team, you're not allowed to bet. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> There's no <laughs> I guess if you're already in it, you could just use an alias that's actually good but don't don't bet uh yeah random name generator please all right uh in wisconsin seven <laughs> i'm more of a gary rose guy Vagard marcia Vagard marcia never heard of him what none of these are english na- visitation adam <laughs> aerial buzz is kind of sick if you switch that to like aerial like like flying That'd be cool. Alexandra Tema. 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 No. Siddharth Sarah. That's fire. Fuck yeah, two first names. <laughs> All right, we're good. We're good with this. I'd like to get a normal one. There we go. Stefano Maxi. It's not a bad one. Mm-hmm. I like that name. So yeah, if you're a college student and you want to gamble, your name is now Stefano Maxi. Um, but like you said, don't gamble. Yeah, don't do it. <laughs> That's the easy route. Stop. <laughs> Stop encouraging college athletes to gamble. <laughs> um. <laughs> all right. Let's get to the next. Uh, the next Moving news segment. <laughs> uh, yeah. Moving oh, on. this was lame as fuck. Colorado self-reported. 11 NCAA football violations committed during their first season under Deion Sanders. (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy. (laughs) What? What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, you're totally right. This is absolutely the the sportsmanship commercial. This is is Deion Sanders going, ref, I touched the ball. I love this commercial so much. This was a classic, like, what a loser. It didn't even look like he touched the ball. That's the best part. I don't know if he actually did. It was like WWE wrestling. Coach, I touched Coach, I touched the ball. (laughs) Coach is like, you just shut your mouth for one second. Yeah, his teammates are like, come on, man. All right. Um, Horrible commercial. (laughs) Yeah. So the violations were all pretty minor. Um, 
in you know in the scope of things they range from uh, recruiting efforts with transfers to uh, just the strong use of social media uh, for Colorado. So, uh, yeah, among the self-reported violations, there were two incidents that occurred in May 2023. One occurred when the Buffaloes hosted a post-grad football camp in which prospective transfers who had not yet entered the portal attended, uh, which was against uh, bylaw 13.1.1.3, uh, which requires players to enter the portal before other schools can make contact with them. And so <clears throat> the NCAA imposed both a two-week recruiting ban from June 15th to 28th and a one-day recruiting ban on transfers on December 4th, which was the day that the fall transfer portal opened. The recruits in question, most of which were from smaller institutions, were also deemed permanently ineligible to play for the Buffaloes. You think this was the right thing to do? Yeah, they probably just wanted to get at, like, they wanted to make sure there was no investigation. Yeah. That, I, that's the biggest thing you got to look at. I agree, and I think at a time like this, obviously if it was something big, yeah, they wouldn't have self-reported that shit. No. no chance. But when it's small things like that, they know they did it wrong, might as well just go ahead and get it out. Yeah. That way you don't have to deal with fucking Pete Thamel tweeting about it. Everybody's getting investigated nowadays, so yeah. might as well. Yeah. Everything's due for an investigation. Yeah. Uh, all right, last piece of news. UGA announced the passing of Ugga 10, uh, also oh, no. known as Q. Yo, chill. I'm, I'm sorry, that was bad. That was, chill. That was out of pocket. That's that was bad. fucked up. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Ugga 10, the University of Georgia's live mascot, died in his sleep. He was 10 years old. Uh, UGA uh, 10 began the tenure with a collaring ceremony ahead of Georgia's win against Georgia Southern. In November or uh, on November twenty first, twenty fifteen, retired after the twenty twenty two season concluded. Um, he won two national titles in his tenure, which I, I do think is kind of funny. <laughs> Say that the dog mascot won two national titles. <laughs> it's always sad when dogs die. It's, yeah, of course, of course, sad. of course. Uh, but the big story with this is that they got some controversial feedback from PETA. Um, a personal enemy of second and short. I don't know if we've officially said it on the podcast, but I think me and Luke, maybe me and Brock, talked shit on PETA um, like a while ago on here. And, um, yeah, we now hate them uh, on this show. So they re- released a statement reading, the winningest mascot in UGA's history was born to lose since, like all breathing impaired breeds, he suffered from debilitating deformities such as an unnaturally shortened nose and airway that left him panting and gasping for air, particularly sorry, particularly in the sweltering southern heat. PETA is calling on the university to end its live mascot program and to stop exploiting these victims of cruel breeding practices before another bulldog suffers and dies on its watch. Alright. First thing I gotta point out. They said all these horrible things about bulldogs and how they like are so deformed and how it's they're victims of cruel breeding and then they also don't want them to suffer and die on their watch so they're like all oh, these horrible creatures they need to live <laughs> <laughs> and also fuck yourself <laughs> like that's so lame dude literally like Mascots are just a part of the sports. Like, uh, just sports in general. There's live mascots in sports. I don't... 
I don't get the issue, especially like there's probably not a single bulldog out there that is better treated than than Ugga. Yeah, can we get a live uh, Alabama? Uh, We're not getting like an live, elephant. Yeah, live elephant. I said live no, Alabama. I think this show needs a live mascot. <laughs> That's amazing, <laughs> Nathan. You're gonna have to send that to me. I gotta put that in the edit. Okay, perfect. <laughs> that's, that's that's hilarious. Fantastic. Uh, you guys will be seeing quite the picture. Well, you already saw it uh, if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, if you're not, go on YouTube, rewind about five minutes when we were talking about Deion Sanders, and uh, take a look at the screen. Uh, but back to what we were talking about, yeah. Um, fuck PETA. Um, R.I.P. Ugga. Uh, hopefully Ugga 11 uh, is goaded. I... I would assume like he's already debuted uh, this year, but Nathan, stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, RIP. He was a good boy. Um, all right. Anything? Any any kind words for Uga Ten before we move on? Hey, rest in peace. Why'd you put your hand over your heart? Like you're about to do the national anthem. <laughs> Nathan, chill <bro>. out. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Then let's go ahead and get into. Stake your claim. <laughs> Colin, I'm letting you take the reins on this one. Oh, okay. So. Dot, dude, you, this is so, like, wild. Josh Hader next year for the Astros. It's going to lead the league in blown saves. Ooh, interesting. Interesting. All right. I got a better one. The Chiefs are going back-to-back. They've already won the Super Bowl, unfortunately. The script has come to fruition. Taylor Swift will be in Vegas. Um, she's going to fly her PJ and pollute the earth with it um, on her way. Um, you know, obviously. Oh, yeah, she's definitely going to be at Disney World. She's going to be on the she's going to be on the parade, like in the parade for sure. Travis Kelsey's gonna propose at Disney World. Oh, that's that's a stake your claim. That's that's his new stake your claim. Travis Kelsey's proposing at Disney World when they win the Super Bowl. <laughs> I, uh, if they lose, it's all Jackson Mahomes' fault. Yeah, that's true. You could just pin it on Jackson Mahomes or or like Brock Purdy, maybe. Um, or Brittany Mahomes, honestly. Yeah. Nah, <laughs> I don't see them doing that. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, look, the script is written. It is in full effect. And um, yeah, Chiefs are winning the Super Bowl. As much as I hate to say it. All right. Without Tyreek Hill. Nathan, do you have a stake or claim that you'd like to give us? Nothing? All right, loser. <laughs> All right, well, uh, watch out. You, right there. I know I just scared you, but come in a little closer. A little lower. <laughs> and listen to me about this. Colin, stop trying to get in my frame. That's what you need to be doing to the subscribe button. Matthew. Yeah, stiff arm the subscribe button and the like button, and then go over to the link tree and follow us on all of our social media accounts. And then what you're going to do is you're going to go on the podcast platform. You're going to listen to the episode and you're going to rate five stars and leave a written review and follow us there. So you can stay up to date with all of our episodes. And um, yeah, I think that's going to be all Colin. Anything for the people.
No, yeah, no, another great episode. You know, y'all be safe out there. Um, and we respect you watching us. Thank you. We respect you watching us? Yeah, we respect All you right, guys, watching. thank you for watching, <laughs> listening, liking, and subscribing. We'll catch you guys next week. Well, Colin will catch you next week. I'll catch you on Friday. Peace.